Welcome to the Million Dollar Body Podcast with your host, Nate Palmer. Welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Body Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Nate. Today we're talking about running and why it sucks and why I would never recommend that my clients start running if they are starting off on a weight loss journey. Okay. So quick caveat, if you love running, if running is your thing, if you are get the endorphin rush, you get the runner's high, it's just really fun for you. I know there's a lot of people in the group who do like running and that's not me. It's just not for me. So if you like that, great. I love that you like something physical that gets you out of the house, gets you breathing, clears your mind. That's terrific. Here's who I'm talking to though. I'm talking to someone who thinks fitness, I need to lose weight. What does that guy do in the Rocky movies? What's his name? What's the, what is he always doing? Oh, running. That's right. That means I should probably go out and run as well in order to lose weight. What is like the one thing that we always like, everyone's always uh, running. Oh, we have to, I have to run in order to be fit. I have to run to be healthy. And I'm here to tell you right now, you do not have to run. There's no need to run unless somebody's chasing you or you got to catch a bus. Shout out to Seattle. There's really no reason to go start running or become a runner in, a, in pursuit of fitness. There are so many different ways to develop uh, a high level of fitness, vibrant health, all the qualities and characteristics that you want without going and slogging it out for three miles and putting a lot of stress on your joints. So the reason I think that running is um, negative to me is, is because of this mindset that a lot of people have around it, that fitness is equal to running and therefore I must run if I want to be fit. If, if running was this fringe activity that people did and they were like, they were just out there running and everyone was like, whoa, that guy's running, that's so strange, then I wouldn't care. But since this idea is so prevalent, it's the reason I rebel against like the uh, vegan diet as well, is that people think vegan diet, that means it's healthier. That's gonna be the, the route I need to go to get in shape. Again, not true and not, and not the best option. So I'm all about trying to help you figure out the best option for you. And if you like running, if running is fun for you, if you go out and run marathons, because I mean, let's be honest, there's probably something wrong with you, but great. I love that for you and I want you to keep doing it. Don't, don't listen to the rest of this episode, probably. Actually, you might, you might get something from that. who knows. So running is tough because when someone goes out, especially if they're untrained, they haven't run in a while, and they think, what's a good distance? A mile, two miles? I don't know, let me just go out and run. They probably are not very familiar with like the footwear. They're probably not familiar with their, how their body's gonna respond to starting to run again. And they're probably not familiar with correct form and function of running. Running is the most injurious exercise, the form of exercise in the entire United States. And the reason for that is people go out thinking that running's just running. How hard can it be? We are, we're, people run all the time. And they don't realize that there are complicated movements and patterns and correct musculature development that most of us don't have if we haven't been running for a long time and have just been sitting at a desk, working out at a gym, doing some resistance training, hitting a crossfit class here or there, doing bar, whatever else that you just have not developed those muscles that are gonna keep us safe long-term. So I would highly recommend, if you're like, hey, I wanna get out and run, running's a goal of mine, I wanna hit a marathon, it's always been on my bucket list, that so you go out and you talk to a specific running coach who can watch your gait, help you figure out how to move better, run better, and then we're learning from a professional like that, then go out on your, on your journey. 
I would never suggest that like, if you've never, like if you haven't run in the last couple of years, that you just go out and run. Will you be fine? Yeah, maybe. There's a, yeah, probably 60% chance you're fine. But there's, a, there's an also a good chance that if you do it more than a few times, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna get a uh, low back, knee, ankle, hip injury, something like that that's gonna keep you from getting more into the fitness that could have been the goal for, of you from the beginning. And if, that was, if your primary goal is fitness and you took the running route, then you're gonna delay your progress and hold yourself back. So that's one of the big things that I have against running is that it's just, it's just causes more injuries. It causes more people to have, um, just go out and hurt themselves, end up with, with pain that takes them a while to, to get over. For a while, I was, I was getting into running. I had actually bought some of those. Uh, I don't know if you got, there's a book called um, Born to Run, I believe, um, that extols the benefits of barefoot training. And so back in 2011, I bought a pair of Vibram Five Fingers, the, the toe shoes, right? And I was like, born to run, let's go, barefoot running. Ah, who, who, who doesn't want this? And I went and I ran, I think I just did a mile around my, around my house. And the next day I did like a two mile or three mile. And the next day I fractured a bone in my foot um, and couldn't run for eight months. So not saying you're going out with toe shoes on, but just saying that this is a common, a common thing that I see with a lot of people who go out to try to run recreationally for fitness and end up hurting themselves because they didn't, they didn't respect the run. They didn't respect that it's, a, it's an activity that needs some coaching, that you're probably not doing at a high level, and that if you want to do something like that, then you need to go out and find someone who can help you do it at a better level. Same reason you shouldn't just go into a gym and be like, Olympic lifting, cleans and jerks, never done that before, let's load them heavy and go hard. It, it's just not, it doesn't make sense in the long run because what you want is the result from your fitness but you're not going to get it if you're going, if you're spending time on the couch nursing an injury. So just summary there. Don't, if you don't like to run, don't run. If you do like to run, great, keep running. And if you, if you want to run, but haven't started yet, find a coach, someone who can help you out. Now let's get to the running sucks part of this, right? So one of my, one of my clients was telling me, he's like, man, I, every time I do this, it always, it always hurts me. And I was like, you don't have to, you don't have to. He's like, great. Because running sucks. EK, if you're out there listening right now, this is for you. So in that vein, um, I want to talk about two different ways that we can get similar results, a higher level of fitness, better health, more energy, more, less body fat, without actually running, but still moving our bodies. The first one is walking. Walking, I would put on like the, the easy side of the spectrum, right? If this is like, if running's kind of right in the middle of that jogging pace, well, the walking's over here on the, on the left side. It's easier. It's a, walking is something that we do naturally as humans pretty well. One of our, one of our big superpowers as humans is, is be able, the ability to walk long distances without stopping. We're just good at it. When we walk, we put our body into a really nice natural rhythm of kind of this cross patterning which is a great way to reset any like low back pain you've been having, make sure that your hips are opening up, keep your body like elongated, put yourself in a good postural situation. It's just really great for the total body and your whole musculature of resetting, taking a deep breath. Also, if you're out walking, you're, you'll find that after a while, your head just naturally clears. You are able to partition out a lot of the things that have been bugging you, especially if you're feeling a lot more stress, anxiety around uh, the world at large or your work, family, whatever else. Going for a walk is a great way to alleviate stress from a mental perspective. From a physical perspective, walking is an awesome way to burn fat. You're not going to be burning a lot of calories, but you're going to be burning some, and the majority of them are going to be coming from your fat stores. 
walking is a low impact activity and fat is a low impact fuel. It's a great way, it's a good way, good way to merge those two things. Also, um, in Ayurvedic culture, in like the Indian culture, yoga culture, they have a word that means essentially a hundred steps after each, after your meals. And with the, what the idea there is that after time, every time you eat, go on just a quick walk, a short walk, just a hundred steps is all they ask for and come on back. Um, and there's, there probably wasn't a lot of science at the time to back this up, but now we can see that when you walk after a meal, first thing, you can help actually partition the nutrients that you ate during your meal into a, into better locations, which means you're going to spend, put more of the, of the food you're eating into muscle glycogen stores. You're going to help your body digest it and process it a little bit better. And you're going to keep your body from storing more of the food as fat than if you just went from kitchen to couch. So if you can, if you can take one of these two options, either doing a minimum, a very minimum of a 30 minute walk every single day, an hour walk will help you lose about a pound of fat per week. If that's an hour walk per day, will help you lose about a pound of fat per week, all other things being equal. So that's a great way to start, but a minimum of 30 minutes per day is an awesome way to keep your body feeling really good, clear your mind, de-stress, and burn fat. There's no lose there, okay? And that's also something you can do with your family. Bring them out on a walk, you know, you can do this after work, you can do it before work, you can do it meditatively with some, like a, with no music, you can do it with a podcast. No, I don't wanna tell you how to live your life, but there's a lot of different options and they're all good, okay? so walk don't run you don't need to do running sucks the other great option here if you especially if you're someone who's like i would like to reclaim some of my former athleticism i would like to have a better cardiovascular base i would like to feel like i can accomplish anything whether it's uh, going up several flights of stairs hiking a mountain getting on a surfboard just feeling more able having the ability to say yes to any sort of um, athletic pursuit that you know what you're invited to do or you want to do with your kids or your family or whatever. Um, if you want to burn more fat and maintain more muscle, if you want to even build up muscle, especially in the lower body, and if you want to reveal your six pack, your abs for the summer, then this is the best option for you. Sprints, specifically hill sprints. So the complete opposite side of the spectrum. If we're talking about walking being like level one of 10, then sprints are level 10 of 10 and jogging's level five. So ditch the level five, go one or go 10, go big or go home and do hill sprints, okay? So sprints are great. Um, you, doing them on a, a grass or a track is an awesome idea, but especially if you're not sprinted in a while, which is most of us, if, you've not, if, you, if you're looking to mitigate some of the pressure on the lower body, reduce the risk of injury substantially and burn a lot more fat, hill sprints are the way to go. Now, hill sprints are awesome because putting yourself on an incline where you're forced to run uphill will automatically fix your running form in a lot of cases. So think about this. If you take someone into a gym and you put a barbell on their back and you say, do a back squat, you know, they squat down and it looks, looks horrible. That's, that's a kind of like, that's being more like running on a, a track. Again, if you haven't had a running coach, if you haven't had someone watching you sprint, like it's a, it's a very difficult, it's a, there's a low chance that you're going to do it really, really well your first time. Now, on the, on the contrary, think about a goblet squat, taking a kettlebell, holding it in the front of your chest, and then squatting down, sitting down onto a box. Um, it's a, a, another awesome exercise, but the chance of someone being able to do it right, right off the bat, is substantially increased. 
just because you've installed two different ways of for that person to be successful by giving them the front load, keeping their torso a lot more erect up, up and down, and then giving the, the box to sit back and down onto. So it's like, it's like giving yourself like two different insurance policies to make sure that you are going to be doing the exercise correctly. A goblet squat to a box is also going to have a much higher reward with a much lower risk where a back squat is going to have, you know, a, like a, a pretty high, a medium reward, but, the, but, but uh, the risk is also substantially increased. Same with a hill sprint. A hill sprint makes, slows you down. It encourages proper running form because you're having to, you have to lean forward. You have to drive your knees. You have to pull your toes up. So even unconsciously, without even thinking about it, you're already going to be doing a lot of the activities that you need to do because of the biomechanics of running up a hill. And then also slowing yourself down not, is gonna limit the, the, the chance of you pulling a hamstring, hurting your calf, tearing an Achilles, anything like that that can often happen with high, like extreme repeated stresses on a, on a flat surface. So if you're just getting back into this, a hill sprint is your number one go-to, okay? If you're someone who's looking to Get, a, get really ripped for the summer and doesn't want to lose a lot of muscle, you want to just lean down, keep your, maintain a similar weight, but reveal your six pack. This is your best option. So let me go through a couple specifics on what you should be doing, what you should be looking for, how you should warm up and how you should cool down from your sprints in order to get the most out of them. Step one, find a hill. Okay. How long? Well, I like a hill that's going to take you about 10 to 15 seconds to get up. Okay. You know, also you don't have to use the full hill. If you're talking about like a city block, use about a half of a city block. So 50 meters yards in American. Um, something that's going to take you about 10 to 15 seconds to run up. And then what I want, what we want to make sure we're doing is now warming up before we even get started. So a good way to do that would be taking like a 10 minute jog to get to the hill. Do a, a quick bike ride on the way over there, something like that. Then once you get to the hill, I would like to see like some lunges, maybe 30 lunges on each leg. I would like to see about 30, 40 jumping jacks, kind of getting bouncing off the balls of your toes, you know, or so you can just kind of do a, like a jump rope. That would also be great, you know, getting your calves and ankles warmed up. And then I would do a side to side lunge, like so just staying in one place. So you're stretching, strengthening, and mobilizing those hips so that way you're ready to go, okay? There's a lot of other sprint specific drills that you can do. Um, I don't think that for, like for most purposes, you don't necessarily need to be doing them because it really doesn't matter how great of a sprinter you are in order to get the desired results. That being said, there's, there's amazing sprint drills out there on YouTube that you can just, you can look through and I can provide some resources as well if you need them. Um, so if you have, if you get that warm up, the kind of the general warm up of a 10 minute jog or bike, specific warm up of lunging, side lunging, jumping on your toes, either jumping jacks or, or um, jump rope. And then get a little bit of like a, like a hip flexor stretch, either a kneeling hip flexor stretch or a standing one. Um, either way is, is fine. Just make sure that you're feeling good and getting ready to go. Now, after you've gotten your general warm up with like the stretches, the workouts, the, the 10 minute run, et cetera, then we're gonna start on your first hill. So basically the first hill is gonna be just a jog to the top, about 50%. If, if you can go, if like a scale of one to 10, just about a five on the way up there, okay? Easy should feel like a little bit like you're, uh, you're slogging through it, depending on like the, the incline of your hill. Um, but you shouldn't be moving that fast at the top. Walk on back down. And then next time we're gonna go about 60, 65%, okay? 
again, the goal is to work up slowly because it's going to be hard no matter what. I would just much rather have you start off super, super slow and then um, grow into these. Okay. So now, now I'm going to stop here because if you're someone who's athletic, you've been running, you've been doing activity and you're just adding in hill sprints kind of new for you. Then at this point we can start going to like the 80, 85, 90, trying to sprint faster and faster and faster. If you're someone who's got carrying more weight, if you're, if you're a guy and you're pushing, you're that 240 plus club, then here's where I want you to stay. I just want you to push that 60%, do about 10 rounds of that. You know, not really trying to go too fast, just building up to it. You're going to be sore tomorrow. You're going to be your calves, your ankles, your hamstrings are going to be really sore and that's okay. That's no big deal. But you, I don't want you to be injured or push yourself too far to the point where you can't necessarily recover uh, for the next time you do these. So first time back, just get that 60, 65%, stay right there. Okay. And then the next time you can add in some of these new things, working up to that 80% or so. Okay. If you're someone who's ready to push to the limit, or this is your third or fourth time sprinting, then what we're going to do is going to go 50%, 65%, 80%, 90%. And then after the 90%, that's where I'm going to try to push to those, like that next level. That's where I'm going to try to get to our top speed. But you notice that we're doing that on our fourth, fifth round. We are not trying to just jump into this and just start beat, like beating our bodies with a 90% top end sprint. And the chances are, if you haven't been exercising, if you haven't been doing sort of workouts, runs, plyometrics, anything like that, you don't even know where your top end is. What you think is 100% is probably closer to like 85% for you. So just get, be gentle with yourself, take it slow, because you could always come back and do it again. And in fact, I would encourage you to come back and do it again. To maximize your fat loss, especially if you're trying to get really good shape for the summer, get beach ready, um, I would recommend doing between two and three times per week. My current schedule is this. Because right now, what I'm trying to do is I worked up to my heaviest weight and I'm trying to now maintain my muscle mass, lose fat without necessarily having, having a lot of weight come off. So I'm trying to go from about 14% body fat down to about 11%. And sprints are magic. I'm already, I'm already about 2% down. And what I've been doing is I go upper body workout, lower body workout, upper body workout, sprints, upper, lower, upper, sprints. So I get, I do my sprints every fourth day, which gives me plenty of time to recover from that type of specific activity. Now here's a pro tip. If you want to get better at sprints, um, get a little bit more flexible and are okay being a little bit more sore the next day, what I want you to do is at the top of the hill, walk down backwards, put your hands on your hips, make sure you see where you're going, touch your toe down first, and then lower yourself down slowly to your heel. What we're gonna be doing with that is, is creating what's called an eccentric motion on the calf. So we're going to be stretching out the calf as you go down. So you're going to get better ankle flexibility. You're going to stretch your calf more. And oh yeah, tomorrow you're going to be stupid sore. You're going to be really sore. Okay. So as long as you're like, as long as you can handle that mentally, if you're like, Hey, I'll try it, but I don't really want to be that sore. Just do one, just do one of your reps, walk down backwards, maybe two. If you're ready to, to take it to the next level and you want to really develop some of that, like that raw athleticism and come back next time, and be stronger on your hill sprints, be faster, be more athletic, then do it, yeah, do it for every rep of your working sets. You walk down regular on those, on those early warm-up sets. So we covered how long should the hill be? 50, 60 yards, 40 yards? Something's gonna take you 10 to 15 seconds to get up. How often should we do hill sprints? Twice or three times per week in a, in a season where you're trying to really shred belly fat? 
uh, one time per week if you're trying to maintain your athleticism, zero times per week if you don't want to lose, if you don't want to lose fat. Um, what, what should my recovery time be at the bottom of the hill? Well, now hills, hill sprints have a lot more in common with a one rep max, two rep max squat than they do with a jog. So that being said, you need to make sure that you're, you are giving yourself adequate rest time to go back and do those. So in that case, I think a two minute rest time is pretty much a minimum. So making sure that you are basically not really breathing like super hard, you're not out of breath, you're not exhausted. You shouldn't be like bent over at the waist being like, oh God, kill me. Before you start your next sprint, let it come down a little bit. So take, take as long as you need to. How many reps, how many sprints should you do? Um, not counting the first one, I think you should do between eight and 10 reps. Another great way to figure this out is to set a timer for 20 minutes after you finish your first warm-up jog and then do as many as you can, giving yourself the rest you need in that 20 minutes. When that 20 minutes time's up, you're done move on. And what's a great way to think about that is you can see your progress over time because the first time you might only get five sprints. Next time you might get six, seven, then maybe eight. You know, so you get better and better by adding more volume into a shorter amount of time, which is showing that A, your cardiovascular uh, fitness is, is really improving, going through the roof, but also you're going to feel better. You're going to be able to, you're not going to be out of breath going upstairs anymore, which I know is, is an annoying thing, especially if you're like, man, I'm strong. Why am I out of breath going up these stupid stairs? Prepare to get rid of that because that, that I know will just make your life a lot better. And then, um, so we talked about hills, how long, how many should we do, how many times per week, how much rest should we take. Um, I think that just about covers it. And in terms of recovery, what I want to go into next, and if you have any other questions, please just let me know. We can, we can dive in a little bit deeper. We talked about this a lot in the Million Dollar Body Group. So if you're not a member, make sure you join in there. Uh, N8trainingsystems.com slash group. We'll get you there. Um, so recovery for these, you want to make sure that you are definitely doing a cool down. So whatever you did at first, like that jog, the, the bike, whatever, do another 10 minutes of that, just kind of like a slow pace recovery jog or recovery bike. Something that's going to let you kind of come down from that high intensity. And then I would definitely take a foam roller or one of the, like the, the Theraguns or Thrive Guns or anything. I, I use the Vibe. Um, and work on the muscles that you worked. The muscles that you worked are going to be the calves. They're gonna be the anterior tibialis, which is a funny muscle that's in front of your calves. It goes right next to your shin bone on the outside of your shin bones. A lot of times that'll be sore and you'll be like, why is that sore? But it's because you have to pick your foot up and pull your toe up to your knee as you're running, especially on a hill, you have to pick up. You're gonna feel it in your quads. You're gonna feel it in your glutes, especially the outside and especially if you've not done it in a while. And especially if you're uh, in that 240 plus club, you're gonna definitely feel it in the outsides of your glutes because what's gonna happen is you're gonna use a lot of that musculature to stabilize yourself and drive yourself up as you're going off of one leg. You're basically putting all your pressure and all your force onto one leg as you drive up. So a lot of stability from your, your glutes and your core there. So, um, you're, and then your hip flexors will be a big one too. So make sure to stretch those out and because uh, it's really hard to get a, like a gun in there. If you can get a massage, so much the better. So afterwards, um, do a 10 minute, 10 minute cool down. I would probably stretch the hip flexors, the quads, and the calves. And then I would use the, the massage gun or the, the foam roller on your calves, anterior tibialis, front of the shin, quads, um, glutes, hamstrings would probably get you, get you done. And then if you want to take this to the next level, because if you're already doing hill sprints, then you're obviously a badass because hill sprints are not easy. And that's why most people don't do them. That's why most people don't have six packs 
and don't drive fancy cars and make six figures, you know, because those things are hard to do. So if you want to take yourself to the next level mentally, then it's a good time for an ice bath too. So, you know, if you want to grab an ice bath and do it in your tub, awesome. If you want to just get in a cold ass shower after you finish, also awesome. Make sure you point that nozzle at your lower body and enjoy that. So once again, running sucks, but hill sprints are awesome and walking is awesome. Especially if you are looking for physical adaptations and changing the way your body looks. If you want to lean down and you didn't do anything besides sprint hills and walk, you could get a killer body in time for summer, even though that it's June right now. So um, obviously throw on some resistance training on top of that and you're well on your way to making big changes. So if you want more tips like this, more things that are going to help you get to the point where you're feeling your best, looking your best, and being able to do whatever you want to do, which I think is a very important characteristic, especially in a man, a father, you know, a husband. I think that just being able to say yes to those things makes a big difference in our, in our mentality. So if this is you, make sure you're part of the Million Dollar Body Group. Once again, that's n8trainingsystems.com slash group. We'll get, you, we'll get you to the Million Dollar Body Group. And if you have any other questions, feel free to hit me up. I'd love to be a resource for you and help you get those changes and make those improvements that you've been wanting to make. All right, hope you have an awesome day. Thanks again for listening to the Million Dollar Body Podcast. If you enjoyed this, drop us a like, hit subscribe, or leave us a review. Uh, reviews are an awesome way for more people to find out about us here at the Million Dollar Body Podcast. And as always, we try to strive to give you pertinent information that's gonna be helpful for you where you're at in your life. Hope you have an amazing day.